The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you rather not say to them, Prepare supper for me, put your apron on and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I want us to look back at... uh, Second Timothy this morning. Um, it's hard for us to, to, to hear and to make meaning of, of these words. For them to carry the same meaning that they did for Timothy. Because to us, this is a letter of scripture. It's God's holy word for our lives. But to Timothy, this was a letter from a friend and a spiritual leader. A disciple of Jesus receiving encouragement from the one who empowered him and equipped him to be a leader in Christ's church. It's a personal letter. A letter that carries more weight when there's a relationship between sender and recipient. More meaning than we observers can gather from what these words have to say. And so I want you to take a moment, close your eyes. And focus on the person who who showed you what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus. Can you picture that person? Can you see their face? They may still be living. They may have died. Maybe a parent, a grandparent, a relative, a former Sunday school teacher or pastor may just be a dear friend who invited you to church one Sunday. For me, that that question has a different answer depending on when you ask me. Um, But this morning, I find myself thinking about my my grandmother, Clarabelle, uh, my dad's mother. Um, I remember that uh, I would go to their house after school, and uh, they would, you know, be there to watch me until my parents got off of work. And when I was grumbling about doing my homework, she would uh, tell me, okay, put it down, come over here and sit. And uh, she would tell Bible stories to me to take my mind off of the math or the English or whatever it is I wanted to do. She would offer something else in its place. And so whoever that person is for you, look them in the eye and cling on to them for a moment. And hear these words from 2 Timothy again. Hear them as a blessing, as a comfort, and as an invitation to follow Jesus into a whole new tomorrow. Coming to you from the one who showed you what it means to live in the empty tomb of Jesus.
I, your sister or brother in Jesus, an apostle, a messenger of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to you, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, just as our ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. Recalling your sorrows, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your loved ones and now, I am sure, lives also in you. And for this reason, I remind you to rekindle, to fan the flame of the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but to his own purpose and favor. This favor, this grace was given to us in Jesus Christ before the ages began, but it's now been revealed to us through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, for this good news, I was appointed a herald and a messenger and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust. And I'm sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold then to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that we share that are in Jesus Christ. Guard the good treasure that's been entrusted to you by what we share in the Holy Spirit living in all of us. Whoever it is you've imagined this morning, I'm sure in what you, that what you know of their life, there were times of joy, times of sorrow, times of suffering, times of loneliness, but also times of great fellowship. And so what we hear from Paul to Timothy this morning, in a way, carries more weight than we could ever possibly imagine. Because they're speaking to us. Paul asks that Timothy do four things that I believe are our spiritual gods, our our champions, our ancestors of the faith would also add to us as well. The first one is that we rekindle the gift of God that is within us, that came to us through the laying on of hands.
what I like to point out about that is that this gift of faith that has been given to us is a gift that's been passed on. It's been shared in every sense of the word. Don't hide, but fan the flame and let the light of Jesus shine brightly. The best way to kindle the gift of faith is is to use it, to lean on it, to trust and hope when all else seems hopeless. Because we know that it's been given to us not out of thin air, but through the laying on of hands, by our relationship with those who came before. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. If we're going to nurture the gift, why keep it to ourselves? Don't be ashamed of what Jesus has given us, but join join the saints in their suffering for this good news. We may not suffer like Paul or Timothy, who faced the threat of death or persecution on a daily basis just because they were Christian. But make no mistake, being paralyzed by the fear of rejection is a kind of suffering. Making sacrifice of comfort or luxury or security so that we can care for our neighbor in need is its own kind of suffering. Lamenting the brokenness of this world and feeling like no matter what we do, the evil of this world will still stir up doubt and depression and, and violence and hatred or even death. That we're powerless in the face of all this. That feeling of hopelessness is its own kind of suffering. But to keep our head above water, we're encouraged to hold on to this, this standard of sound teaching that we've heard in the presence of faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Continue to let your faith, our trust in God's promises for our life, be formed by our worship, by our study of the scriptures, by, by our prayers that go up to God without ceasing. Allow the body and blood of Jesus to consume your lives and dictate the way you love others by building up communities of of healing and mercy with everyone you meet. And in all of these things, guard the good treasure. That doesn't mean hide it away under lock and key. That doesn't mean we can question the faith of others outside of what's been revealed to us in Jesus. What it does mean is we should treat the gift of faith like a treasure, not an afterthought. Faith is worth the attention, the investment, worth the risk of being uncomfortable and uncertain, because it's precious. And because it's precious, Faith the size of a mustard seed can uproot creation from its very foundations and lead us into places of of suffering and violence and persecution and temptation with confidence. 
with confidence, trusting that God has given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline to trust in God and not ourselves. Notice in our gospel reading from today that Jesus doesn't actually answer the question that the disciples asked him. He doesn't tell them how to increase their faith. And I think that's because as far as Jesus is concerned, that's the wrong question to be asking. When a loved one becomes ill or we're being tempted by greed or by anger or jealousy, when when the world doesn't look like we want it to and there's no end in sight, we sometimes tell ourselves that we just need to have a little more faith. Jesus is here saying, no, you don't. A little bit is enough. What you have, what I have given you, is sufficient. Trust in it. Lean on it. Because faith isn't about how much scripture we know or or how well we construct prayers. Faith is about the action of trusting God. And in that, being transformed by the God in whom we trust. Because what Paul and what Jesus have in common this morning is the conviction that faith doesn't grow in us. We grow into it. We're the ones who are changed. Our entire being and and our outlook on the world are shaped by the Holy Spirit. Shaped by the people who have laid their hands on us. And demonstrated for us what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Who taught us to look for the spirit. The spirit given to us in our baptism. A spirit that encourages us to turn to God in faith at every turn of life. A little bit goes a long way. A mustard seed can move mountains. But we need to lean on it, to nurture it, to trust that it can handle the weight. You know, when I uh, had my uh, accident about 10 years ago and was going through rehab, I I graduated to a cane uh, to help support me as my hip was healing up. And I remember thinking how uncomfortable it was to put all of my weight on this one little spot on the ground, fearing that that thing was going to snap in half on me. It was uncomfortable. It was downright scary. But when all was said and done, I had no other choice. It was either trust that it could bear the load or not move at all. A little bit. A little bit goes a long way. But this faith, that little bit is God's good gift to us. Trusted to us, and it is enough. It's enough to lead us and to guide us. It's enough to support us in our weakness and humble us in our pride. 
It's enough to carry us through the unknown, the terrifying, and the downright difficult. It's enough to comfort us through the painful decisions in life. And it's enough to remind us that we are God's beloved people. Because faith isn't a personal matter, it's a communal one. It's one we share. It's one we receive from Jesus. It's one we encounter through the Spirit. It's one that we receive through the laying on of hands. We learn it from the saints, through the Scriptures, from those who have nurtured us in our lives of discipleship. And in turn, we pass it on to our children, our neighbors in the world, sharing together in the same story, the same God, the same gifts of healing and wholeness and mercy promised to us in the life of Jesus, the same story that a little bit's enough. A little bit goes a long way. This gift of faith isn't about us. It's about the God in whom we trust. Timothy was guided in faith to trust in God by his mother and by his grandmother, Lois and Eunice. You were guided by your own spiritual mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers. And so in 50 years, when the world is very different than what it will be today, Who will close their eyes and give thanks to God because of you? Because your hands have shown them what it means to live and love in Jesus. And when we look back on our journey of faith, will we be so confident as to say that we prepared them well to guard the good gift? To rekindle the flame? To form others in the faith? To build up the community and the kingdom of God. And to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection to the world. Whatever that answer may be. The standard by which we are judged is the mustard seed. It is enough. Amen. Amen.